And hello, everyone. Welcome back to Top of the Card, the four-person wrestling podcast. With all four here, we actually have all four of us here. It is Top of the Card Pod on Twitter, Top of the Card Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, all that fun stuff. I'll also mention the Frontline Prediction League because that goes into our Discord. It's Frontline League on Twitter. Frontline Prediction League is the YouTube channel. You can also find it on Instagram, Frontline underscore Prediction underscore League. There isn't one for top of the card yet, but we'll let you know if there is one. I am your co-host, Scott. Joining me, as always, is the GMSG. How are you doing? Uh, it's been up and down a few weeks, but ready to talk uh, wrestling in between four shows in total, yeah. Yeah, weird staggered, like, one a week, but they're on different days, so that's been throwing me off. Like, Friday, that's before Dishonor. Saturday Slammiversary, we've got Sunday Great American Bash coming up. It's been, that makes it weird. Like, it's just not like, oh, next week. It's like next Friday, then eight days later. Yeah, it's it's been weird. Uh, but Red, Red, how are you doing? I'm good. I uh, unfortunately did not get a nap today, so it should be interesting towards the end. I, uh, I'm i excited to talk about these shows and a little bit of news, so let's get going. I can tell you that I don't want to go along like we have the uh, last couple times. I actually had a computer error twice in a row it was around a uh, minute 40 and then minute 20 considering we're at minute two right now we'll see how this goes uh bear me bear me you're also here how you doing i'm i'm doing pretty good scott uh it's i'm melting it's hot mm-hmm. it's very hot it's like 110 with the heat index but other than that, i'm doing pretty good i'm ready to talk some wrestling with you fellas how are you doing i'm exhausted you probably even hear it in my voice um those who watch trenches over on the the frontline channel uh know that i've been covering for co-worker for a bit today was the last day of that that i wasn't doing two people's worth of stuff for three weeks so yay as long as his flights got back and he's back tomorrow so we'll see how that goes um but it's been very draining very exhausting and all the stuff in between with everything else for the league and just you know life in general i got i got no energy i'm done (laughs) So let's record an hour-long podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's not it's not great. <laughs> so we'll see how this goes. Um, the the opening topics, though, <clears throat> excuse me, are some interesting ones to really dive into because even though we're in the middle of all these shows, the key thing to kind of think on is this is biweekly, and yes, we did skip last week, and yes, these do take about a week before they're edited and uploaded. The timeliness. Has say we're not always timely but we are opinionated so it's kind of weird to be like oh let's preview great american bash for this sunday when you might not hear this until over a week after it happened so there's there's some danger involved in that kind of stuff um so we have some evergreen topics to start off thankfully some actual stuff came up and we can dive into that because there's this list of aw uh moves and things and actions that are either restricted that need permission from an agent or outright banned like zero tolerance nothing and i've i do not have the list in front of me but i i've i've heard uh, i think it was cornet was going over them and just laughing at them because some of the stuff is basically like you know a top rope move or brawling outside or involving the ring steps you need permission for that and yet like it's it's a wrestling match it's going to happen and if it's part of the plan it's part of the plan and my gut reaction to all that, and we'll get into the stuff that's banned outright, but my reaction to that has been something I'd been saying 
for years and years and years about producers. And I know a lot of people would say you don't need producers. You don't need them for wrestling. But the idea of the producer in wrestling and overall for a show, I've always felt, is to make sure there's no overlap. So you don't have four people doing an Eddie Guerrero spot for no reason except they're honoring him. Or you don't have three different matches bleed before the bloody match where it is supposed to have an impact. Or, hell, I'm trying to remember back, uh, Forbidden Door and even uh, Death Before Dishonor had a lot of false finishes on the pre-show for crying out loud. Like stuff that would make sense in Osprey and Omega, but we were seeing it in Athena versus Willow. Or, like, not the main event match, but, like, the precursors. Like, I, I... It's a way to avoid that, and they just didn't have those in AEW. This, this is more the admission to that, because now they're implementing this. And it's only a good thing, in the truest sense of making sure things are, you know, as intended to make it a, a better product. Like, that's the point. Uh, but some stuff, like, no bleeding. Um, you get guys like Moxie, he'll do whatever. Who said as much? Um... No stuff with fans. Don't take stuff from fans. So, like, that that's a clear reaction to things like the MJF moment. And, yeah, Bailey will take a sign from a fan and rip it. So, there, there, there's there's stuff over in WWE. Like, there, there's levels to this and what you do. But you can't have it where certain people can and certain people can't because that's just that's not fair. Um, the, the stuff that's banned also is, like, no spitting. And yet, the, like, the weekend after we saw that, uh, Jay White spit on the mat after the two out of three falls match with uh, FTR. And it was perfect in the moment. He sh- should be fined for that because it's on the banned list. Like, right? Or did he get permission? But it's banned. And you're not la- I don't know if these are rules or guidelines or how real any of it is, but I just have that takeaway of good. Have someone in charge of things backstage to make sure nothing is crazy. Because when you have Commander doing his top rope stuff, that's neat. And you have Gravity doing his stuff, okay. And then you have everybody doing it. It's like, well, that might be a bit much. Maybe do something else. And that's where it'll help the overall show. So you don't get that sameness when it's four or five hours. Jimmy, uh, I know that that's been something that you've, you and I have both had a real issue with. Where the show just doesn't flow. Or seems repetitive. So... Like, that's a good part, right? Like, we can talk about the list all all we want about the silliness of it and how ignored it is, but I just think overall it's better for the product. Yeah, I mean, if it's, like, if it slows down the amount of, like, oh, we're going to have four matches where the people go outside the ring and then cut themselves, or, like, we're going to constantly have managers, interference, interference attacks after matches. Yeah. Like, if they can make that variety, it helps make the show not feel repetitive and doing the same things, or, like, oh, we're going to go into the crowd now. And that's happened multiple times with certain shows. So, I mean, we knew things were going to eventually get banned with the TV stuff as they got bigger. Because more news gets on you, the more mistakes happen. Legal issues can happen, like the MJF incident, supposedly. Yeah. It's just a little shocking it took three years. But I'm glad to see it happen. Hopefully they stick. It's... when When you see others, I know... Uh, two sides of this when someone comes up with a list like we're not going to do these things and someone's like well why do you need to list that so that we make sure people know beforehand don't do this and uh, full disclosure from stuff with our own frontline prediction league discord there's been stuff where it's like all right so here's what we expect of people then something happens like well we didn't account for that and then it becomes a case of okay well we're reacting to it and dealing with it and then going well what other things could happen like that 
let's get ahead of it and implement those kind of guidelines. And it's, it's still not perfect, and it never will be, because there's always something you can never account for. Uh, I've, I've, I deal with customers in a way at my job where there's always something new every single week. Like, I've never seen that before. You'd be surprised. You can never account for it. You, you truly can't, but you can try. And the fact that this from AW is purely reactionary is unfortunate. It's realistic, considering they were trying to be like, we all know what to do. And then, you know, in the heat of the moment, MGF grabs a drink and throws it at the fan's face. Amazing heel heat. Oh my god, what did you do to that kid? Right? Like, uh like now now we're in trouble. So there there's levels that was like this don't don't do that. You you don't touch fans. You don't hit them. You don't do this stuff. Just look at Billy Ray back as Bubba Ray Dudley in ECW getting epic nuclear heel heat and he doesn't touch anyone. He eggs them on. It's it's that's all you need to do. Not saying everybody can, but just don't touch people. They're there to watch the show. They're not supposed to be part of it like that. Um, Red, I know for a variety and stuff, that's going to be a beneficial thing for you. Because I know there's a lot of, like... I'm not pointing out, like, oh, rematches suck, whatever, blah. But the idea there of making sure that the show feels different from match to match on a 12 or 14 match card that AEW has, that will definitely help, too, right? The Overall, the whole list is going to help with all of that. Yeah. Um, my, my biggest concern is certain individuals that happen to be higher talents, bigger draws. Moxley are bleeds. Gonna, yeah, are going to get more permission over others. So We know they are. All these rules and guidelines are set, but all these rules and guidelines can be ignored if Tony says yes. And depending on who yeah. it is, CM Punk may want to uh, do something that is already banned, and he goes, hey, let me do it. And he goes, okay, you'll make me money. Like I feel like Tony Khan's very easily bent over with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, we literally had all these rules come out, and then we had a blood and guts match where there's at least six rules that I could see that were not followed. Point, Again, sharp weapons, Tony, and puncturing weapons, and things. Exactly. Yeah. If Tony Khan says it's okay, well, then what's the point of having rules? So, like, it feels like if you're lower on the card, you're going to be held to a higher standard than mm-hmm. if you're higher on the card. You're going to let stuff fly all the time, and I feel like it should be the opposite. The higher you up, the more strict it should be held against you because you're setting an example for the lower end wrestlers. I agree with that. Like, but it is overall, it's a good thing. It feels like it's something that should have been from the get go. Like you, you don't want a random wrestler, whoever Joe Schmo is, come out there with just like brass knuckles, not tell anybody, and just whip it out in the middle of the match and take everyone off for surprise. Like I'm not saying anybody would, but you never know. People can have issues backstage and take it on their own hands. I mean, we've heard about the whole CM Punk and Hangman having, like, throwing real-life shots at each other in the promos. What if Hangman really was pissed and he just wanted to take it out on CM Punk and give him a stiff shot with something, some kind of weapon that he was expecting? Like, this feels like stuff that should have been always been in place. And, like, uh, Jim, as you said, three years, it feels like a little long for them to wait to it. Now, if it was within the first year, okay, you're getting established, you're getting brand new, but rules should have been set from the beginning, not three years later. And the, the, to go to your part of it, I mean, if someone wants to do a thing they're not supposed to, and they do it anyway, well, there'll be penalties for that and, and whatnot. Like if Hangman went out there and cheap shot him, like, you know, don't throw a, a working punch that you shouldn't, or like took some foreign object or whatever, try to hit him with it. Um, that's, that's its own thing. And like rule or not, you just don't do it. Like th- there is obviousness, but if you put the rule in place, 
you could get around the argument of, well, you didn't tell me I couldn't. Well, we didn't have to tell you you couldn't. It's common sense. Like, there, there's levels to that. But the flip side, like I said, is a matter of making sure everything's cleared. So, like, if, if they're clearing everything with these producers or agents or whatever AEW calls them, and getting everything cleared. And if they do, I want to do all this stuff and get it cleared. But then they still go ahead and do something that they didn't clear beforehand. I mean, they're still going to do it. doesn't mean they have to tell them everything if they're trying to be underhanded, right? Like, if Punk and Hangman do that, well, they cleared everything we know about. We didn't know about that. At least now they're knowing about stuff. So they can be like, well, we want to do a hanging spot. Well, so do those guys. Well, let's work that out. Who does it better? What's, what's it served for? Why are you doing a hanging spot? This is dark, or like right back in those days. So, I, I I do hope for the betterment of it. At least the intent is there. Uh, I think, and I'm hopeful for that. Uh, what about you though, Beermy? Because you've been watching and seeing the repetitiveness too, right? So, again, it's not like we're ragging on AEW. It is just a matter of a, a 14 match show over five hours, where there's a lot of stuff that feels repetitive. Yeah, the matches are different, and they're fun. Full disclosure, the AW pay-per-views have been fun of late. I've enjoyed them. But they would flow better and run better, I feel, with this little just extra guidance. And that's what I'm thinking, Bear Me. How about you? Yeah, I agree 100%. I think that their pay-per-views early on and up until about this last year have kind of been... They've kind of been like a... I don't really know how to put it into words. But it's really tough to get through. Let's just say that. Like five hours... 14 matches you got like four on the pre-show they it's just a lot they had a danger when they did so much stuff and you see these epic amazing kick out moments during the pre-show and then all through the opening hour and the second hour to when you get to that main event of just simply two guys fighting over a world title it's almost lackluster in comparison because all the cool shit you've already seen maybe even twice in the past four hours now that's a, the nature of it being a four hour show and whatever but you gotta save a little bit for the end. Um, yeah, you'll get your one-hour Iron Man with MJF and Danielson, but this, this I feel will be a way to be like, look, don't blow your load, don't go through all the tables, don't do all the stuff and all this, all this, all this. Let the guys at the end have something, right? Exactly. Ex- yeah, exactly. And I also think with uh, the rules, it should have just been like common sense stuff to where... Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you've been in this business, like, oh, okay, a lot of these people have been in the business long enough to know maybe we shouldn't keep doing the same stuff that's been in the match before. Like, it just, it kind of boggles my mind that it has taken this long, but I do agree that it is a really good thing that they have gotten this under control and are now going to try to enforce it. Some of them just don't care, though. And I don't even mean that in a flippant negative way, even though they do. Um, Like, the Young Bucks are going to have the Young Bucks match no matter what. Moxley is going to do his bleeding violence no matter what. And that's, I don't mean that in like a meme way, but they're going to do their thing. And if someone else does it, there is an attitude like a PWG era that the friend of the show, Matt Zion, could attest to. That like the Steen and Generico types and Adam Coles, those guys have the attitude of, I just went up there and I blew the roof off. Follow that. And the challenge from the next guys would be, all right. And they would go up there and try to. And then they go follow that. Okay. F- cool. But when you've got a show that's not all of that and your fourth match goes out there and does that oh (laughs) well crap no hold on and yeah it's a matter everyone should have their place and should do their thing but when not everybody's this pwg style i know i'm sounding like i'm ragging on them but i'm not 
But when they go out there and have that style and others are this kind of style, like the Miro style or the Cody style like they had or the MJF style. MJF does not wrestle a Young Bucks style frenetic match. It's much different. So we shouldn't be going out there trying to follow that and top a spot fest. It's just not how it's going to happen. And it's better to leave moments that are organic. And I don't know. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful for the list. Are you... Do, do you see, like, fines coming from that then, Bear Me, or, or stuff? Or just... Like Red said, like, is this going to be ignored in some cases because Tony likes it because he's a bit of a mark also. I'm being real negative hey. sounding, but you know what I mean? Like, if Tony's like, that sounds good, okay. Like, yeah, and that's fine. I, think, I, think I, I understand that, too, right? Like, let's 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 admit that before I turn it to you here. Sorry. Um, oh, if they if they goes like, hey, we want to do this, here's why. I like that. That sounds good. Okay. Like, sure. Like, as long as they say, here, don't do these things unless you get clearance. Here's the clearance. All right. You're still going to have people saying it's easier to get forgiveness than permission like you're still going to have that where they do it anyway and then ah sorry it's going to happen but it is better long term I think right yeah and to your point about the fines if fines do happen I don't think that we will find out about them Hmm. and I do think it will be pretty easy to get clearance depending on who you are in that company from Tony Khan like I I think Mox can still bleed every week if he wants to I I don't see I don't see Tony really saying no to that if if Punk wants to do like a like a pile driver or something, I could see him, you know, getting clearance for that or something. Not 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 saying like an actual pile driver, but you know, what I mean? like something weird that you don't normally see. But like if the pile drivers, they're say, they're banning pile drivers again. Tombstone pile drivers, sit down. Those are on the banned list. Yeah. at AEW now. Yeah, or they might, I don't know if they're banned or restricted, but they're on this list of you either need permission or you simply can't. Like they're on yeah. one of those lists. So yeah. Well, here's which is like, Hangman's yeah, finisher. Like, yeah. It's a version but of like, one, but yeah. Yeah, but like if you're like, let's say, I don't know, uh, Rebel or Chuck Taylor, and you go ask Tony Khan, hey, man, uh, can I do this, this, and this? You're probably not going to be able to do it. But if you're a big name, you're probably, you know, and that's honestly, like, he might be like, yeah, cool, that sounds good. Like, he might just go all in on it anyway. You know? But do the elite have to ask for permission? Because they're like vice president. Like, they should. Do you think they have to ask for permission from Tony Khan? That's like, a conflict of interest. It know. depends on who you ask. I, I truly don't know who it is. Right. Like, I don't know if, like, Omega and the Bucks and Hangman or whoever would have to, like, literally ask. I don't know True. if they could just go off and do it. But they'd be like, hey, man, I'm going to do this. And he'd be like, all right, cool. I don't, I don't know how it would go down. But, or if they would even have to ask. It should at least be clear or documented. Like, I'm giving myself the permission on this it's on me because that's what it is if something happens because they do this move or do this thing and something happens well this person cleared it because it's got to it's got to fall on someone right so that's where that would be and if it's like well mm-hmm. i did myself i cleared it myself mm-hmm. okay that that can happen and yes i know i said the dead eyes hangman's finisher it's his his buckshot oh, forgive me um now bear me we'll stay with you on AEW in pay-per-views because we'll just tangent over to that one or segue whatever the word is i don't know this segue is the word um that rumor that there might be more pay-per-views coming from AEW because Warner is looking at maybe doing one a month because they would get revenue from stuff that they broadcast. And I fully feel with the strike involved with the writers and the actors right now that live events like this are going to be at a premium and anybody who's doing rights fees for sports, including wrestling like this, are going to be able to ask a little bit more because that is guaranteed hours of weekly content that you have on your network. 
that will not be coming in any other way because the script and stuff is going to stop because the actors are on strike. That said, soap operas have started with some scab writers. It happens, but it's beneficial for that. Um, but more pay-per-views overall for AEW. It's the reverse of what we've heard all along about four or five a year gives time to build it because that's laughable because they usually build it within the last two, three weeks and Ring of Honor is even worse. We'll actually get to that later with Death Before Dishonor, but uh, with more pay-per-views, I will try to be positive here. I hope they're a little bit shorter. They don't need to be 14 matches each at five hours. You can knock them down to even 10 at three and a half. Impact Slamversary was literally three hours or two hours, 59 minutes and something. Like, it alone was three hours, the pre-show, four hours total, whatever. That's fine. That's good. That's okay. AEW with $40 pay-per-views, which is what I pay here, $40 US, um, through Fight, that's a lot monthly. Now, it's not quite the 60 WWE used to be back in the day, if I remember that correctly, 10 years ago, but... Um, I don't want monthly AEW pay-per-views, even though it might be a little bit better overall for their product because they'll actually build properly and not just build for TV because they seem to get their acting gear when a pay-per-view comes up. If it comes up more often, that might benefit. But I don't have those hopes um, of it actually benefiting, and I feel like it's all going to be last minute. Like, just look at how Blood and Guts was built. It was kind of like that. Are you... Up for more pay-per-views from AEW, Bear Me, or no? Not or, or, at the price or with conditions. Gonna, yes, there it is, yeah. Yeah, not at the price that they're probably going to charge for now. I, I, can, I can justify spending 50 bucks on four pay-per-views in a year. Like each, I guess. But it's I'm like not going to do it. Where they're like 10 month. or 20 bucks for their Impact Plus specials. There's not a true pay-per-view, but it's like 20 bucks on max for September's show. But then all out is this, and then October is a, a twenty buck one, and then November's Man. full year, and then December's January, February they're twenty bucks each. But then it's forty for a Revolution in April. Like, would that work? That wouldn't be as bad because that's I impact. Still, I just I don't get those ones as much. So yeah, I I, I don't. I think because that's I possible did, too. I ordered, yeah, I've ordered like one of those Impact Plus pay per views, and I think it was because I had credits left. And it was when Steve Macklin won that triple threat hardcore match with Moose. And yeah, Callahan. that was fun. It was, really good. it was like 10 bucks, 20 yeah. bucks, yeah. Yeah, but at the end Free of the day, time. like, I feel like I feel like the main ones you'd have to buy, like, I don't know if I would buy those. I would, I would probably buy for, but Forbidden Door, Revolution, the big five. Double or Nothing, All Out. And <laughs> all In, if it is one, one, we still don't know that. Or all, yeah, I, I, I know I'm missing one. Revolution, Full Gear. Yes, it, yeah, Full Gear, that's it. Yeah, yeah Full Gear is the other one, yeah. It's, it's, cause it's um, only two months after uh, uh, All Out. Yeah. That's why it's so weird. It's so quick. But yeah. Yeah, yeah that, those would probably be, again, I would just stick with just buying those. I mean, it would be better for their product as a whole booking-wise because that's, like, one of my biggest critiques of it. But mm -hmm. would it get so much better to the point where I would be buying their monthly pay-per-views that aren't their A shows? I don't think so. If they build them right? I think... Make you want to I see think the it. big like we we've bought GCW yeah. shows for, like I got to see this and the Macklin Triple Threat I got to see this like if the show's right yeah. I'm in but you know if a show's right for like, fifty mm. yeah that's a little much I I just <clears> wish <throat> they would get a network man like 
Well, that's the I max rumor, honored, also, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If they if they did that, then then I would subscribe to that, and I wouldn't have to worry about this because nobody wants to use Bleacher Report and pay fifty dollars for pay per view. They just don't want to do it. It's internationally just, it's on fight, you know. Yeah, and you guys have internationally on fight, which is way better because you probably get credits back for it, like yep. I do with my Impact reviews. So, yeah, but uh, yeah, I I think. I think I would just buy the regular or the the main the main five. Now, so I wouldn't buy it. I'll go over to red on this because I can tangent in a tangent again. I use that word again. That's not the word. Tie in the all in rumor as well because the rumor for all in uh, that you found red was that all in and all out are going to be pay per views. They'll be available as a bundle even because they're a week apart, and that all in will be a straight up pay per view with all out as a straight up pay per view. When we saw Forbidden Door, they were advertising, like, the next pay-per-view as All Out. And if you go on AEW's Twitter, I believe the header is All Out. Like, it's it's the next pay-per-view is what they're saying right now. Now, before I go to your red, sorry. I have said from day one with All In, and this is not that I told you so. I'm being very clear on that. I'm trying to make sure this is clear. They didn't say it was a pay-per-view. Wikipedia insisted it. So many on... Twitter insisted it. Many in our own Discord insisted it. Because why wouldn't it be a pay-per-view? And I agree. Why wouldn't it be? It, it should be. But they didn't say it was. Which is very awkward. Very odd. Because every single AEW release has been about how you can watch it. You can see it in theaters. You can see it in Cinemark. You can see it in uh, on Max or on Discovery or whatever. You can watch stuff wherever. They didn't say that for this. It's the one thing they didn't. Which is very, very odd to me. And the fact they left that out... They didn't say it was. They didn't say it wasn't. Very, very curious language. But don't say it isn't a pay-per-view and sell tickets like it is. Because everybody thought it was, right? Like, even though I said it isn't, why wouldn't it be? Well, here we are now. I truly thought by now it would have been made into something. And the fact that we are, what, a month and a week? Like, it's a month away. And tomorrow and it's not a pay-per-view yet there's been no matches announced it's damn near sold out in the like the tickets are sold out so but there's no anything about how you can watch it no streaming no tbs no tnt no max no nothing what's your feeling with this like if it is a pay-per-view suddenly there it is we on our prediction league have to cover it but what's your feeling on this now at this point Again, this was not I told you so. I was right, but I didn't think I really would be to this extent where it's like, holy crap, it really isn't going to be. Because they're going to film it. Are you liking the idea of more pay-per-views? If this is one, like maybe they move it up earlier so it's not a week apart and that's the August pay-per-view. Like what's what's your feeling with these, Red? I'm on board with monthly pay-per-views or even just like six weeks pay-per-views. Like maybe just not every four weeks kind of thing. Yeah. As long as it's not 14 matches every show where right. six are built and eight are thrown together at the last minute. Now, that's going to be eliminated a lot by the fact that you have a pay-per-view every four to six weeks. So you really don't have time to dick around and do little stories in between. To And then they won't have any of these like weekly highlight reel special episodes. Like 
I don't know, uh, winter is coming and all that kind of stuff. You won't really have that anymore. It will be the pay-per-view. Oh, like Blood and Guts so, would be a pay-per-view. Winter is coming would be the pay-per-view. Cause I agree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you, you won't have to worry about building to those. You Those build-ups would be the pay-per-views, which I think in a long run, we kind of take for granted. Like We're like, well, this pay-per-view they known about for three months. They waited until the last two weeks. Well, they just had a special three weeks ago. Yeah. So between that special and this one, then they built up the next few matches. Now, question to you on that then. Like, that would take away, obviously, from Dynamite and Rampage and Collision if they include those in those. But the the, the specialness of having those Blood and Guts or Winters coming on Dynamite, if that's gone, part of the allure of Dynamite is automatically gone because you're not getting the pay-per-view quality card there, right? Is that worth the risk, do you think? Honestly, I don't even think it's worth the risk. I think it's worth the money. Because you're going to make more money that's what, doing no, these No, that's the risk. No, that is the risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, so, is like, it worth sacrificing the potential uh, love of the TV to get the pay-per-views to be that? Or is it... People have seen these for this long free. That's dangerous to suddenly say, okay, now you're going to have to pay for it. Okay, I can see that part. I can see right? why... I didn't even think of that issue. going into it, but we saw that with, like, freaking job radio. We saw aspects of that. How that doesn't work. Um, that's a danger. But, but but if HBO is willing to pay for it, like the the other thing was and I Max say HBO, streaming will be a big difference if that's Warner difference. Brothers is yeah. the big parent company, but there was a rumor that they would stream these through Max. Again, they let, um, let's be clear with that. Warner does not own AEW. Let's be clear on that. But they're the broadcast partner. And they are very yeah. happy with all this content. So yes, they, they want this. They want more because they get the cut. I mean so. they already have AEW stuff uh, put on Max. I forgot yeah. it was some kind of special that exactly. they've already started airing on it. So yeah. they want the content on their streaming platform. And if it goes to like a Peacock type thing for WWE mm-hmm. or Network or whatever, where you're really paying for HBO Max that happens to include these pay per views. Yep. And not like I pay ten dollars for Max, but if you want this pay per view, you gotta pay an extra twenty bucks. The ESPN UFC style. Then, yes. I'm on board because I'm already buying Max for personal, like other stuff that I watch. So getting mm-hmm. this for free on top, not I won't say free because you're still paying for it, but a, an added benefit of pay-per-views every month. Yeah, I'm fine with now. I don't know how to be outside because I know WWE Network is a lot of the outside of the United States. I, I'm from what I understand in Canada. You guys really don't have uh, uh, HBO Max. I know oh. that for sure. No, o- o- only have... the States have it as far as I know. Like it's so only I'm America that like, has it. Yeah. Would they be considered to have to keep doing what is it like Fight or Bleacher Report or yeah. whatever, where they had to do fifty bucks on pay per view? Well, I remember like, remember when AW started. There was Fight for the Fallen and Fighter Fest, these two little impact style twenty dollars shows. Uh, that's what they were for me. They were free on Bleacher Report in the states. I had to pay like twenty bucks each on Fight. So they would so, make international deals. They for for Fight probably, but yeah. But, uh, I can see that. I, I'm as long as they do it right, and I, I want to give them the benefit because they can build towards these little specials mm-hmm. and treat those as the pay per views just on a different night. Like I think they can do it really well, and I think Warner Brothers does want it. Like they seem oh, on yeah. board. Like with all that AEW is doing, it just feels like it's going to be streaming on some kind of Warner Brothers either. We're going to get pay-per-views on Max, or we might get uh, Dynamite Rampage Collision like two weeks later start showing up and they mm-hmm. start creating a library. Who knows? But it, it's kind of been pointed out quite often that it will be a Max 
streaming item in the future. It just feels inevitable. How long? I don't know, but it. I mean, the rumor was All In is going to be on HBO Max. I know they haven't really announced anything. The most we got was, and you guys can help me out. I don't even know how reliable Andrew Zarian is, but he was the one that uh, said All In would be airing as a pay per view through Bleacher Report. That was recent. That was the past like week or so, right? Two weeks. That was because uh, I went looking ago. for other stuff and I couldn't find much of anything on it. Doesn't mean it's not true. But I couldn't find much. He's, but again, he's the only one that said anything so there's far. There's nothing official. Clear, is, exactly. Is, AEW which is has weird. not announced it. it. It really is. Which is so weird. Yeah. And he may have screwed up and said something when he wasn't supposed to. Could have. Could have. Yeah. So. Like, I could literally go on Fight right now. I got an email from Fight saying, hey, all out, it's available to purchase. If there's a bundle, they're not advertising it to me. <laughs> and, and again. Right? So. The, the, the weird thing about All In is I feel like. They are waiting for all the pieces to fall into place before they make the announcement. They don't want to announce it, and somebody wasn't on board. Like they if want it to is wait an for HBO Max, <laughs> is what they wanted to before they say it's be, actually going to be this. Yeah, I mean they're they're aiming for ninety k and they're getting pretty close. Yeah, I mean honestly, shocking the hell out of all of us. Like, well, I, oh, the, I won't speak for you guys. I'll speak for myself. Oh, ninety is shocking. How well yeah. they've sold. I figured fifty to sixty easy out of seventy. I figured they'd be papering the rest, which is. Not bad. Like, don't get me wrong. But if they actually actually do sell 90, my fear is that what they're going to do is... I don't, I mean, we're getting down an all-in topic, which we can do next time, but the funny thing with this is if they do this and say, oh, this is what it is, here's the matches, and it's not, like... It's not a pay-per-view. All Out is the pay-per-view. This is the fancy show in the UK beforehand. People might try to dump their tickets or not even go. Or try to get refunds, right? Like... That they do anything they can do to not have that happen beforehand is obvious to avoid that. And I mean that's that's unfortunate business, but that's part of it. But and the worst part is it's AEW ran, so they're going to wait till the last two weeks before the show to even announce Mm -hmm. matches. Now to go the other thing you were saying though about the monthly shows and the the regular, uh, not as many matches and whatnot, but monthly builds. Something I know that you have a problem with with WWE stuff is rematches from pay per view to pay per view. That's a real risk if they do monthly or close to monthly over in AEW because you get it on TV all the time. Now they're going to be on pay-per-view. Clearly, right? Like, it's that's a fear too, right? Oh, it's a fear for all wrestling. Like, uh, I mean, again, I, I go a lot of rumors. The rumors for Ring or, uh, Death Before Dishonor was rematches from the last pay-per-view. And it's like, you have... Oh, that's pretty confirmed. Rosters. It looked like that was pretty confirmed for a few of them, yeah. Like, it's... The way they were going, they were building that way. <laughs> You had stacked rosters. You have AEW over 150 people signed. I just don't see the need for rematches. WWE has about 100 people on SmackDown Raw. If you include uh, NXT, 150 people. You don't need to have these rematches. You can have matches well, that are with other people, but still have the story involved. The, the, and I, 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 rematches, I mean, that's part of the storytelling in some cases. And they, they'll do it differently the next time. Like, Osprey Omega 2 was very different from 1. It was a flip on it. That's how you do a rematch. Yeah, it was 8 months apart. but the, And that's and, fine. And Cody and Brock have been very different each time, too. So, like, just because they did the match, doing it again isn't necessarily bad, just inherently because it is. Just to clear the, the air on that. I know we're, neither of us are thinking that. Um, but part of the build is like, oh, here we go again. It's that match again. That's dangerous on a build. So... You're hoping that they do other stuff, and I mean, even TV could be the other ones, or even the, some of the rematches, right? Like, maybe that's the way to do it. 
You can have. I mean, if you want to rematch like the next day, because cheating shenanigans, I get that part. Like I know last night in NXT, they're talking about Wesley want to rematch because he got cheated out. That I kind of understand. It's when there's yeah. a clear cut winner, and then somebody's pissy, and they come out and it's like, "No, I want a rematch." All right, next week we have a rematch. It's like, well, I, I don't care if the match is different. You lost. I don't see why you should have another rematch for a title. Blah blah blah. We'll we'll dive into Death Before Dishonor in a bit, but a lot of that was very same with Garcia in the pure title mix again, with Aussie Open and the Kingdom in the tag title mix again, with the Lucha Brothers who weren't even really on TV. Like it's. There's some bad stuff there where they were doing rematches, but they didn't build to them when they had TV to do something with it. So, like, they could have at least explained it. Claudio and Eddie made all the sense in the world, and then, you know, he's in the G1, so stuff happens, but I don't know. We, we've got a bit on this, and I want to go over to GMSG to see what he's got with this. I know the shows are long enough, and there's only five of them. I know, GMSG, you do not want 12 of these damn things a year at this length or this price point. That's obvious, but what what else have you got on this potential stuff? There, there is so much wrong with them even thinking this because one, if they do do pay per views every month, they have to be on Sundays because they have Saturday Night Collision, they have Friday Night Rampage, and Thursday Night um, ROH. Mm-hmm. It would kill more to their product. Two, that means they're going to probably compete with NXT because NXT is usually on Sundays because WWE is on Saturdays now. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be competing with Sunday Night Football for three months of the year. Let's be clear. Death Before Dishonor's main event hour was opposite Rampage. Yeah. They and were insane enough to do that on a weekend where they could have put it on Sunday. Like What they what Tony needs to do is to stop thinking Warner Bros. Just give up on them. They are fucking out of their minds losing millions. Sign the contract, right but, you know, take the money they give no. you. But, no. No, no, take the money they give for, you is what I mean. Yeah, like... But don't bend over backwards to them. Stop renaming titles for movie promos. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what they need to do is make a deal where they combine ROH and AEW at this point. They just need Tony needs to just do it. Because and then add back two of ROH's favorites. That way you have five AEW and five ROH and they can be almost every other few month. That's not even just unprecedented. Rotate. We got the Great American Bash and Halloween Havoc over in WWE. Same idea. War games use- even, right? The Death of War Dishonor, mm-hmm. final battle could be December. It's all good. Yeah. And change up ROH's uh, website. You can do it ten dollars a month. The website. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Use it for ROH and AW. They would save so much money. They get a lot of subscribers for both sets of content. Have a full library, and not be put on a streaming service that's going to crush itself within two months or a year because they keep doing that. Max has changed itself three times in five years. Did you... I mean, they've even had their DC Universe one at one point and stuff. Like, they've had so many streaming things that they've cannibalized. I haven't even around. logged into HBO Max yeah. since the change. So, we're, like, they're bad with their website stuff right now. Because if you go on AEW on TV, which is one of their Twitters, or X now, they renamed it. Um, if you go on Twitter and you go to AEW, that's their main one. But AEW on TV is for their TV broadcast ones. They still have a header with Rampage and Dynamite, and Wardlow is still the TNT champion in that. They've not updated that, and their their team hasn't done that. Their team is normally very quick with that. It's still not Luchasaurus, and Collision's been on for a month. It's sad. So, yeah, I'm not surprised stuff isn't getting done or updated. It's embarrassing. Yeah, they... 
Tony needs to combine both if he wants. And like, if they do monthly, they're gonna have to lower the prices massively because fifty dollars US is when your biggest competition is giving you ten dollars a month, possibly two pay per views a month, plus all their content. You're never going to compete. New Japan has a better deal than uh, as well. Like, yeah, if you if you charge fifty dollars, you're not gonna sell. Like, have you noticed that in the last year? Ever since the brawl out, Tony has not hyped up any pay-per-view buys of the AEW shows. That's true. I didn't even realize that until you said that. Oh, wow. And they just had back-to-back shows of a month, with a month apart, and now they're planning to possibly do one back-to-back in a week? Yep. Sorry, you're not WWE giving $10 or $5 for a pay-per-view. You're, you're charging ridiculous amount of money. And it's not like I get it. They sold possibly ninety thousand tickets. I still don't believe that because nothing proves it anywhere else in the country or world for them to sell that much. There's they're claiming they're the number one wrestling production in the UK and blah 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 blah. blah. Yeah, you're you're right. There's a big difference in how many copies are sold and how many copies are like sold to. Because Call of Duty yeah. used to say that they sold a hundred million copies, then it was hundred and ten million copies sold. And then they start saying there's 125 million copies sold through. And there's a difference. And forgive me if the language is off if someone knows what I'm talking about. But that was the difference in how many copies that a customer bought and how many copies were sold to stores to sell. Those are two different metrics. And at one point, they were making the same amount or more year after year, but less were being sold to customers. They just changed what the number was for how they're reporting it to simply say it's this many. It's still, like, there's, there's still massive industries but they didn't want to say we sold 100 million this year and next year we sold 98 they didn't want to say that they want to say 125 so they did 125 copies were available in stores to be sold it's the, it's the common marketing tactic it, it's it's what it is so they don't say how many tickets a movie sells they say how much money it made ticket prices yeah. went up less tickets are actually being sold for movies uh, avatar is its own an- anomaly but same idea. So with this, I guarantee that these tickets might have been sold. Those resellers, man, they're going to hit. And they can claim there's no resellers. We all know there are. Just look at Taylor Swift stuff and all these other, other sporting events or ticket things like that. It's just the nature of the beast. There are legitimately probably thousands and thousands of fans ready to go for that in their hype. Cool. I'm not against it, but yeah, I'm skeptical skeptical about what it actually ends up being and at this point it's the point of no return like what is the return policy on tickets in the uk right like what are we talking about here like they couldn't even sell tickets in freaking canada a hotbed of wrestling for their first tour like i don't know i don't know i'm rambling but uh, yeah i just want to see once it happens yeah because i am just intrigued and, like, again, if they even sell half the arena, that's great. But it's not a good look for if they want to continue going to the UK for tours. Yeah. And presumably... They should not do a monthly. They will be announcing something following up. Because the norm is when you... Like, Red was at a Raw, and they said, we'll be back in eight months for SmackDown. Like, that's just the normal how, how you do these things. So they've probably got the next one figured out. But, but oh, so, yeah, back to this topic. You don't want monthly pay-per-views? <laughs> no. 
No, the the way they build pay-per-views are just insane, and I don't want an hour advertisement for Dynamite and Collision at a pay-per-view, mm-hmm. which we had to witness this last weekend, which it, it was so long that I literally looked at the card for a day, and I'm like, wait, what? didn't this happen last week? Oh, no. Mm-hmm. It just, they advertised it during a pay-per-view. Well, let's stay on here with you then, because speaking of it being a week ago, this was two weeks ago, which seems like forever ago, but Slammiversary from Impact which was one of their first Slammiversaries in a while where they didn't hype up people returning, even though someone did. Um, what were your thoughts on this one? Because I, I was out for this, so I didn't hear a lot of the voice chat, and I watched it that night, and I watched it the day after. I watched it half and half. I enjoyed it for the most part. There was some fun stuff, but there was a lot of stuff where I was like, what? Now, let's be clear. I don't want to go through a match-by-match rundown. We are at the 45-minute point, and that was our first topic done. But overall, like, Nick Aldis is back and apparently gone his way out. Eric Young is back because apparently he asked to not work with Vince at WWE and they released him again and he's back at Impact. Like, stuff happens. But every goddamn title changed hands except for the world title, which was part of the story to make you think it would happen. Um, We got Leo Rush, unretired. He's a champion. We got Subculture, former NXT UK tag champs. They're the tag champs. Kenny King is the digital media champ. Trinity won the KO title. And Masha and Kelly won the Knockouts tag titles. So, like, okay, a lot's happened, but that was a weird show, right? That first half, including, and then you could say even that the pre-show in, we just kept building on top of each other. And then our chat, it was going great, 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 great. And then, and then we had the, the King X Canada match, and it was like, well, no, that peak. The X Division mm-hmm. with uh, Saban injured on the floor for like 20 seconds longer than it needed to be. I know people will be like, oh, it was for like three minutes. It was only like 30 seconds, really, and it still went 22 long. And it was like everything stopped, which was the idea. But the flow of the card was awesome, and then suddenly it's gone. Like, what are we we doing here? It, It killed the momentum of our chat, the crowd, and everything. And then it followed up by a tag match, which was looking great, and then the distraction literally distracted from a team that doesn't even work, like isn't even Impact's team yeah. winning the titles, which we've constantly yelled oh, about. They're like 0-2 in Impact, and now they're the tag champs in another 1-2. Yeah. It, it, it's so annoying how Impact will just go, you know what, we have like four teams, let's just go bring a team in from another company to win. Like, no. Stop doing that. You want to build Impact? Keep Impact Impact. Because you also had someone that signed for two matches for the world title match. You have two women fighting for the women's title who pro- aren't either signed for the rest of the year. Oh, and you always have some women's tag. I love all this doing an EC3 of like, I'll be here for oh, a thing. You know, like, yeah. peace out. Thanks for uh, glad I could help. Like, he went in there to put over Shelly, which was, in retrospect, pretty awesome. And he put over Eric Young at a taping. Spoiler, it's tomorrow night. This is airing after, so whatever. Um... No, full credit on him for doing that. That's pretty cool, but... Yeah. When uh, almost every title match has someone that's not signed with the company, it's like, okay, is this a special, or is this supposed to be your big paper, <laughs> one of your biggest pay-per-views? And going in, it was like, okay, there's some good and there's some interesting things because of injuries. And then it got to a point where it's like, yeah, this is great. And then, okay, you have a beatdown match that doesn't make sense. You give the tag titles to someone else. And the most focal point of that tag match were people that weren't in the match attacking mm-hmm. when it was a, you know, 
four-way tag match. I mean, you didn't. You could have just made it be five. Yeah, right. That anniversary, too. you could have just made it five. Yeah. And then uh, Eddie and Frankie. I by that time, I think crowd was just like, okay, let's just move along because that was slow. It was good, but it was that's kind of what I was saying about AEW earlier, where it's just like, let's get on with it. Like this is just a match. And could have been yeah. more than that, but really shouldn't have, like, didn't need to be. But they did so much craziness with an Ultimate X and a four-way tag and blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm glad for Trinity. Um, I'm glad Aldis didn't win, even though I don't like Shelly as champ either. But let's see how that goes with their titles, I guess. Well, Josh Alexander came back. All is right in the world. Yeah, that felt really weird, too. <laughs> it did, because he didn't look like a badass at all. He just came out like, I'm here. I'm in Windsor. Hi. How's it going? I want my title yeah, back. And it's after, you know, a Canadian showed up for Team Canada, and it wasn't him mm -hmm. earlier in the card. That when Team Canada showed up for him when he was facing, was it Moose? I forget who he was facing, but. Yeah. Or Bully. That, it was Bully. That, he got help from, too. Yeah. Those both matches being on the same card made it a little weird. But they come back. So bear me. Alexander's back. Part one. Mm -hmm. Now we need Macklin, right? Yeah. I don't think we're going to get the uh, the outcome of that match that I originally thought was going to happen, which probably wasn't going to happen. Feels that way now. You never know. But I, but yeah. Yeah, I just don't think they view Macklin as like a, a top guy. But that's a different discussion for a different different uh, or a different different podcast. But I, I would, I still do want to see that match. It was the match that I was really looking forward to Mania weekend, and that was, yeah, just the whole things Mania weekend. Yeah, I was just looking forward to that. But as for the Slam anniversary card, I, like Jima, she said it was going really good up until that Saban and Leo Rush match, and now Leo Rush is injured. GCW just announced that Leo Rush is injured, so he's not going to be there. God damn. So I don't know if Leo injured himself at tapings. Or if he injured himself in that match where he won the title. I don't know where he injured himself, but he's injured. So, that sucks. Um, the, uh, the, the tag match was fine. It just, yeah, like, if you watch that match back, you don't really see the finish too well because the Rascals cost ABC the titles and all that. And, uh, well, they do on the tapings as well. If you watched Impact last week, they did the same thing to ABC. So, and subculture winning was an impact type of thing to do. Like, they're going to impact sometimes. You know, Kazarian losing when they were tied 1-1 one -one and bringing in the wives. Even though, and that feud's continuing. Look, there's a lot of things that they did. I think the reason that all those titles switched hands, though, was because I think they were hitting a fresh, like, start on everything. You know what I mean? Like, this is... Everything going forward is going to be fresh except for, like, Kazarian and... Edwards and well, and that reminded me that there was rumors about Impact that. having a major announcement, which would be tomorrow, I believe, on their their show. Uh, so at this point, yeah, we don't know what that is yet. Yeah, no. so we don't know what that yeah. is yet. So there could be something there. But I mean, the title changing yeah, too I was to make you think it. Saban yeah. losing made you think, oh, Shelly might lose, and every champion lost. Oh man, Shelly's probably going to lose too. It's Nick Aldis, of course, he's going to win. Oh no, he didn't. Oh. Like it's all no, like it's all misdirection. It's match. good. It's it's nice stuff. But the moment that match was starting, yeah, I already knew the result. But the the as much as they said this was Shelley's moment, all this saying he isn't ready, I was like, Shelley's retaining this. I, oh, the way they're I saying right this, he's absolutely going to yeah. retain. 
I would have been thinking this last night as I, if I was watching it. I'm like, oh shit, I was wrong. All this isn't winning. He, oh no. <laughs> so. Like, I'm pretty sure Impact's done it a few times where they've had almost every title change hands but a few. Yep. Or about like one. So they've done this before, and it's not shocking. It's just weird that they. I still can't believe Subculture won. I'm happy for them. They were 0 2 in Impact and won the titles. I don't get that. They had no momentum. They weren't even on TV. Like at all leading up to this pay-per-view. I don't know why they won. I'm okay with it because it's something new. Like I said, they're hitting the restart button on a lot of stuff. They're starting with a fresh start here. I want to see where it goes. It's just weird that Alexander came out when Shelly was champ because, like, they're both faces. And, like, I have a feeling Josh is going to beat Shelly probably mm-hmm. at the tapings or he's going to beat him at Against all odds or I, Victory Road or whatever. Yeah. No, it's going to be a special, I think, yeah. Because what I want and what I think is going to happen is I think that he's going to beat him there, and then I think Macklin's going to return and face Alexander Mount Glory. I think that's what's going to happen. I can see that. But, but, yeah, overall, I didn't have a problem with pay-per-view. It just, like I said. Impact and impact. It just, yeah, the, the Saban thing just kind of threw it off. And I don't really know if it recovered from that. And the, and the Edwards-Kazarian match went on a really long time. Like, it was a good match. I've seen them wrestle enough. I don't need to see it anymore. They have good matches together. I'm not saying they don't. Mm-hmm. Don't need to see it, another match, even though it's going to happen. But, At least they put a stipulation yeah, on it. Like and, they might Full Metal Mayhem them or something. You know, we might. Yeah. And I'm glad that and I am glad that Alex Shelley won so he wasn't a transitional champ. I mean, I know he beat Macklin, but he didn't beat, he didn't beat him on, like, a TV or, like, a a pay-per-view. So he, technically they were going with the transitional thing. And I, I, and Impact usually doesn't make people transitional champions. So no, He's got to beat Alexander to really be that stigma. That's the last champ. And they had a match, and Alexander beat yeah. him. Like, he retained over him in one of the specials. So yeah. it's storytelling. Impact so. at least is good with that. So we'll see. Yeah, and Eric Young coming back was cool. Uh, that match was fucking goofy as shit. But it was really good. Pardon my language. But it was, it was a fun time. It was... Yeah, it was it was all right, man. I mean, no. it was like I, I just I, I did laugh though when everybody thought that um, Hendry was winning, and I was like, "No, oh, man, Kenny King's totally winning." Stripper Kenny, and everybody's like, "No, there's no way." And uh, I was like, "No, nah, man, I don't believe." And then all of a sudden, Kenny King did win, and I was like, "Holy shit, he really did win!" <laughs> but it was incredible. So the rumors then, like I said, EY left WWE and came back to Impact. Whatever, cool, no problem. You don't want to work somewhere, you don't want to do that. That's all good, no problem. Um, but all this, all this was there for a short deal, matter of months, matter of shows, and as apparently being courted by WWE for a producer role. Now I know we're old school. Heh, funny to say that now. NWA from you know this resurgence era, and all this was the man, right? All this ruled. He was awesome. He'd come out there and do a promo, building up the entire card. It was awesome. Him and WWE is like one of those things where it's like, finally, let's get this going. Him and NXT would be amazing where it's like, why, why am I here with these kids? Like, it's this, that kind of veteran would be amazing there. But as a producer backstage, brilliant, amazing. He'll be great for it. And I have no problem with this because that's what Samoa Joe was. <laughs> and look what they ended up doing with him. Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania. Like, all this just needs a foot in the door. He'll be fine. Um... And they'll see what they have. And it's, again, it's not the Vince era or whoever didn't apparently like him. It's Triple H now. And then they've talked at length about NWA stuff. So they get along. How do you feel about all this in WWE potentially as a producer or whatever? I right? would like, 
Yeah, I would like it. I think he would be great in a producer role. I would like to see him be in a wrestler role for a little bit, especially in NXT, because his, his promo game is like, it's like second to none, man. He's really good. Like, he can be that. Like, when he talks, you want to listen. It's like LA Knight, you know what I mean? Or, like, I don't know, Cody Rhodes. He has that same, he has like a Cody Rhodes S vibe to him where he, he, he can just captivate you with what he says. And. He can still decently go in the ring. He is older, but he can still put on a decent match. I would like to see him. I would like to see him go to NXT for a while and maybe have a run with the world title. Just you know, and elevate it even more. I don't know. Like I mean, I know that Melo is going to elevate that title fight for a while, but I I would like to see Nick all this in WWE and have a little bit of a decent run before he transformed to that producer role. I don't know about y'all, but. Mm-hmm. That's what I would like. And he's big. So him in NXT, he would look... Look, he's like Baron Corbin size, if I'm correct. He's big compared to some of those NXT yeah. guys. So it, it would be like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> and they'd say former NWA champion. Like, they would absolutely say that. So that could be fun. Uh, Red, how about you, though, with Slammiversary, all this, young? What were your thoughts with the, the stuff overall? Actually, i got to ask, what was your main event? By choice was... Uh, <laughs> um. I'm going to say Team Canada was my main event. No, I mean, what was the last match you saw? Did you see the whole thing? Uh, I, I, all right. So Eddie Edwards versus Frankie Zarian was on, but I kind of stopped paying attention after the tag title match. Like everyone said it multiple times now, the Leo Rush match kind of just sucked the wind out of everybody, mm. and it slowed it down. And then the tag match, the ending, it just killed it for me. So I had it on, but I really kind of stopped watching. I was just like, all right, I'm bored with this tonight. It's like I really wasn't interested in Trinity and Peraza to begin with, and Alex Shelley doesn't scream to me, and Nick Aldis is like whatever. So, I my match that I was waiting for was going to be the Team Canada versus Bully Ray. Like I was excited. I didn't know if it would be Eric Young. I mean, it was hinted towards it, but until we actually saw him, it was like, all right, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? That was my fun match. Uh, as far as Nick Aldis goes, see. I, I don't want to see him as a producer. I don't want to see him as a wrestler, ideally. And I know they don't have this, but I can see them doing it. Is have him be a general manager. He can do the gift of the gab. You can have Adam Pierce be one. He can be the, the oh, authority figure for another one. He'd be amazing and, for that, but he's not and ready HBK to retire. He can be NXT. Yeah, he's, he's not ready for that yet, though. But and he may he'd not. Be damn he may good, be though. the general right, manager right. role for a little bit, but then, you know what? I'm going to get back in the ring. Foot in the door. Because, Foot in the door. Yeah. yeah. But... I would ideally like to see him as a general manager. I think he can, he has all the tools for a great general manager in my eyes. And I've seen him in a suit doing the promos. Like you give him that authority figure. Mm-hmm. I think he could be a great general manager. No disrespect meant here. Red. That's a waste of, of uh, Nick Aldis. <laughs> it's a great use of him, but right now that's such a waste. He's so damn good in the ring. Still. I, I think he'll be better doing that in WWE than going to AEW. Uh, true. He should not even consider AEW under any stretch. That's laughable. So it's kind of one of those things. You, you take what's given. If they offer you something, do you go to the Indies? Do you, I mean, go back oh, no. to NWA? Do you... Foot in the door. Like, you, do, you do what Samoa Joe did. I just need to get my foot in the door. I'm there. Now I can talk and I can get ideas over and I can say that. Like, yeah, that's all you need. So, yeah. Uh, but what about with Slammiversary itself? I mean... You mentioned Diana and Trinity. I, I did mean to mention this. They just seemed a bit off. It was their first match together, apparently. 
and I feel like a rematch would be better. Like, it's just something about the timing was a bit off. It seemed more like it was Deanna reacting to Trinity, and Deanna's damn good, so, like, this is not bad-mouthing either. It just seemed like it didn't quite click, and it would the next time. Now they got that feel, it'll be better going forward. You know, that kind of thing, but... Um, how was your, your Team Canada match? Was that as fun as you wanted? Oh, yeah. I mean, everything about it, it was fun. I mean, Eric Young, the surprise. You had, I don't even, was it like a hockey player? Was a special enforcer? Like, and then I forgot. I even looked it up who it was, and they talked about it. It was like an old Team Canada guy, I think something X or something A. A1. Uh, there we go. He came into the ring. Like, it was a very fun match. It wasn't meant to be taken serious. No. But it was there to end a feud, and it, I think it did it the right way. With that said, I think uh, Scott should have pinned Bully. I think that would have been better. Town too, right? Match. Absolutely, he should have. Exactly. But yeah. Eric Young getting the pin on the guy that stabbed him and killed him off. Yeah. It makes sense for that too. It so it's like yeah. either way worked. I just think if you're going to input that into this story, then you have to have the story be the one that's ending, not an old story to close this story. I mean. To be fair, Scott Demore and Bully Ray are still going to be at odds verbally going forward. Like that's never going to be over. So, I mean, Matt, they they're not going to sound like this was it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, he's still a president. And he's still an impact. You know what I mean? Like, there's still going to be interactions. Is what I mean by that. Like, even though Austin and McMahon had their blow off, they were still always there. So I feel like that's it was the ending. But yeah, you never know. But it was still Scott Demore in Windsor. It's his hometown. Like that, wrestling wise, that was it. Yes. Uh, now, so you didn't really follow it that night. Did you watch the whole thing that night, though, or did you catch up later? No, I like I said, Frankie and Eddie, so, uh, I forgot who had said it. It went a little long. Mm-hmm. It kind of dragged out. Tracy Brooks, I know she used to be a wrestler, but she felt out of place. Like, it, it, she was very not so much slow athletically, but slow to doing stuff in the ring, like slowly walking around the ring to her spot where we kind of knew she was supposed to be or getting into the ring, like, she felt very out of her element. We've seen people like Maurice, Miz's wife, come back and just jump right into it and felt like it never lost a step. Mm-hmm. But right now, it felt like... Remind me of Lita. Yeah, I know yeah, I yeah. bat Lita a lot, but they have literally said she hasn't missed a step, and I've literally, since Evolution, watched her miss steps. <laughs> so it's... It's it was like that. It did feel like that, where it's like mm, this is it's not quite the thing for you anymore. So, but it, it is her. Uh, it is a uh, Kazarian's wife. So yeah, it made sense. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I get why they did it. With that it said, worked. it just it, it worked, but it didn't work. Like, it did its, its purpose. Yeah, I, I I think the show overall was pretty fun. I enjoyed uh, the, the majority of it. So we'll leave it at that. We'll go rapid fire as we hit our hour mark for a couple small topics. Jimus uh, G, going to go to you real quick here. Zilla Fatu debuted with a choke slam Samoan spike finisher in a squash match at Booker T's promotion. Uh, bloodline continues. And he picked a side too, right? Yeah, he chose Jimmy and Jay, which is kind of funny, but. This is Umaga's song, if, have I, a... if I got it right. There's, yeah. there's a lot of them. Technically, he's closer to them because of how close Umaga was to the Usos. Though mm-hmm. so he has a worse criminal record than the Usos, and just like Jacob fought too, so it might be a whole question of if he could ever show up in WWE. What was that line? Why did you train with Booker T? He's like, well, uh, 
my parole couldn't let me leave the state, so I went to Booker School in Texas. It's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, when you sent that to me, I did not know that. I'm like, oh. Uh-oh. Oh, man. Well, and you got a long way to recover, but he's a lot younger. He's mm. similar to Solo's age, and the other, or no, the other Uso is like 10 years older, so no. We'll see if he can fix his mistakes and grow from them and maybe make a name for himself before and do a lot of charity work. Uh, and another thing we saw, just like I said, rapid fire going through this quick. Apparently, Billy Gunn retired after a House of Black versus Acclaimed and Daddy Ass uh, Trios tag match on Collision last week. And it looked like Malachi Black who is shaved also and looks even more intimidating, like a villain out of Die Hard 2. Um, he said something to Billy Gunn, and then Billy Gunn took his boots off and kind of intoned it was retirement, or interred it that way. And then even his sons posted on Twitter, like, we haven't seen that die, but thank you for everything. Like, okay, that seemed a bit more legit. And then the way Billy was talking about it seemed legit. That might be it. That might be his in-ring retirement. Or it's a story, and we get Dark Daddy Ass and House of Black, or whatever, you never know. But at this point, it's not only is it a thing that happened on a wrestling program, so immediately you take it with a grain of salt, but it's also a retirement, so you take that with a grain of salt. Um, but if this really is Billy Gunn retiring, I saw someone say that he wrestled over four decades because he debuted in 1989, so 80s, 90s, 2000s, whatever. He was part of the New Age Outlaws, which was the best accidental tag team ever and, like, the most popular of a goddamn decade, let's be honest here. Well, Hardys were 90s, too, but you know what I mean. Uh, he was the one Billy Gunn with an ill-fated IC title run. He was Rockabilly with almost a You Are Fired run. He did a bit in TNA as the man with no name and Kip James and whatever other things here, the Outlaw and whatever. And then over in AEW, he was a producer who got his sons in there who then wrestled and became arguably over akin to his whole badass Mr. Ass gimmick as daddy ass with the scissor me stuff. Like, that's a career resurgence unlike any I've seen in a long time, and he could still go. So, if that truly is the end, it almost feels like, oh, that's it? Like, we didn't build to it? It's just, that's it suddenly? Almost feels like a disappointment? But how do you feel about this one, Red? So I can see it being a story. Do you believe really, it first off, or or not? I because I'm I'm fifty fifty. I think it could be real, but I I'll agree. Uh, I I am fifty fifty as well. I the the thing that gets me is I don't know his contract status. I don't know if he signed a lot longer, and this is just he's going to be backstage with them. If this is his his reign is up at the end of this month, so they just they wanted to end it. Um, and he's got an NXT coaching retired, job waiting for him. You know, like you yep, never know, right? I was about to say, yeah. he's going right back to WWE. Oh, yeah. and he's definitely going to be backstage. He's going to teach the next generation just like uh, Road Dog is. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I, I can see him easily going bouncing back. And with he Triple H that, over there. He did that before. He was tough enough. Remember uh, bad-mouthing ZZ, oh, yeah. whatever his face was? Yeah, he was one of their coaches before, and he was a hard-ass. But, you know, you need that sometimes. So, yeah. That was got ten years ago now. It feels like, right? But, but so you you think you think it's probably it because he's leaving. That makes sense. I, I, the the sons thing is what really worked it over for me, right? Because yeah. I don't think they would break character 
like like that if it was a story or that's all part of like, making it story like we're in that meta I, time yeah. frame so i could have it what would have made it less believing i guess is if they would have gone out there and said it's about time you got out of it now it's our business like just brushing them off but the fact that they showed legit love as like a sons mm-hmm. i think that's really their way of saying that this is that's his it. time yeah or they're in just the doing it to get it over you know it's uh, it's either he's joining House of Black eventually, or he's actually done. And yeah, coaching with WWE makes sense because he's actually one of the few like guys there that has actually in interviews said the issues of like dealing with the younger talent that just won't listen, like the elite. Cough, cough, cough. Yeah, the, the Bucks are absolutely guys and Hangman are guys that have said they do not listen to advice. They don't need it. They know what they're doing. So <laughs> that could be an AEW thing. Yeah, like they, I just watched on AEW TV right now. They just replayed that mm-hmm. exact segment. Uh, so it's just like it is Dynamite I, I Night, nine twenty four p.m. July twenty sixth. So there you go. Yeah, so I I could see it being a ruse and going heel with them, which is weird because it'd be his third different group at least. So we'll see. I don't think it's retirement i think it's not the end of the ass i don't think it's the end of the ass i think it's a ruse i uh, it's a fake ass it is a fake ass no like i mean (laughs) hey the undertaker left his stuff in the ring once and he came and got it back yeah you know it's just i don't think he's done for i mean cody wasn't when he was against alistair black and he only got one boot off right so only got one boot off though but yeah i I think, yeah, I think it is the ruse. I don't know where this goes. It's really weird. But I I just don't think this is the end of Mr. Ass. He's still, he's still in great shape. He still can wrestle decently. You want so, more you know, ass, is what you're saying. I think we all do. But, you know, I think we all want some ass now. So I'm going to say it's not the end of Mr. Ass. Okay, okay. Let's go. Okay, okay. So I know... I know we're an hour in. We have said a lot about Death Before Dishonor already. There's not a need to go through the whole card. We've gone on about how the early matches had like false finish of weird stuff and it, it didn't quite work. And then other stuff that didn't quite fit right and the feel of it was off and blah, blah, blah. It did have a cool thing where Athena and Willow was the main event. And I noticed a connection where... Uh, Sasha and Bianca was a Mania main event a year ago, two years ago. Forgive me, I can't remember the exact time frame. First two black women to main event a pay-per-view. And then Sasha and Willow main evented the strong one, which unfortunately Sasha got hurt as Mercedes and Willow won that. Now here's Willow main eventing with Athena. Uh, Kind of a fun connection with that. Uh, It was pretty much in Willow's hometown and she lost... Which, as the finishing sequence was happening, I started to get a bad feeling of, oh no, she's really going to lose. They're going to Mark Briscoe her, and they did. Um, I never thought Pac would win. It's amazing that they still built a match off of two bad guys being in a match, having an argument, in a losing side of a 10-man tag. That's leading to a title match the champion won in a pay-per-view. That's the only thing. But still, you know what? It's a fun match. I don't really hate it, but... Gravity and Commander is a whole different story. That led to Gravity versus Pac because he didn't forget. Uh, 
the show overall was what it was. I didn't hate it. Like, it, it was fine. But it was just weird in a lot of ways. Like, I love Aussie Open winning those titles, but it made no sense any of those teams even being involved in that based on how they built stuff. Dalton Castle got screwed over by Joe. Daniel Garcia was a lot of fun, more fun than his last times, but I'm tired of seeing him in the pure title. I just... I don't know. Honestly, that Dark Order uh, fight without honor against the Righteous and Stu Grayson was legit fun. Like, that was such a throwaway match with the Dark Order. I think Costner found they were on pay-per-view for the first time in a match since, like, 2019. They helped out uh, Hangman in 2020, I think. That is legit time frames or something. Or 2020, 2021. That was a fun match. Really great. Shouldn't have been that spot on the card, though. Um, I know you had issues with the GMSG, so I'll go to you first here, just briefly. Like I said, I don't want to go through match by match by match. Even though it just kind of did a little bit there, but... It... It was silly that they built this thing up with, like, four days and still wanted to spend 40 bucks on it, calling it one of the biggest nights in Ring of Honor history. Even though, gate-wise and stuff it was, but it's like, they can do so much better with this. Uh, yeah, the first four matches on the kickoff and then the first match of the show were literally just advertisements for Collision and Dynamite Rampage, so that was insulting. Which aren't even ROH shows. Yeah, and then... Yeah, pure rules match was fine, except for the fact I hate how the pure rules matches are. They completely changed how they were supposed to go. Well, the feeling of the rope break and stuff, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I hope Josh Woods continues on a mm, roll and mm-hmm. gets that back and leads a let him fix rejuvenation. It. Yeah, let him fix it like Gresham did when he brought it back. Yeah. And I'm sorry, Tony, let Josh Woods book your pure matches. Just do that. Just don't do anything. Let them do it because they'll know how to. Well, Garcia and that was fine. Yeah. Garcia dancing out of the submission hold was amazing. Yeah. Didn't work, Um, but so good. uh, I'm sorry. Whoever booked the ending of that Willow match, she pulled away from the ropes after rolling under them. That was the dumbest thing I've ever seen in wrestling this year. Hands down. You were under the ropes and you pulled away. That should have been Athena doing that, not you. Yep. That looked dumb. It's easy to just act out, and you can't get your leg on the rope or underneath. Like just lay there yeah. and like angle yourself. Don't move. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the fall from the world title too, with like Lucha Brothers coming out with Pac, and then BCC to help Claudio, and then Best Friends came back out, still bloody from the tag match, and then Orange Cassidy yeah. came out because apparently it's going to be Cassidy and Claudio. Like that's building for something. What is? It's like the fifth or sixth straight ROH pay-per-view where the tag titles and the world titles constantly in, intertwine at the end of the show in a weird way, like near the end of the show. FTR, like, which went nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, cool, you're building to a Dynamite match. I don't care. This is ROH. I paid for this show. I'm gonna Show s- me a good one. And that's the thing. At this point, ROH is dead to me, what ROH was. This is not ROH. It's just it's what we feared. Tony's plaything. It's what we feared it, when this was happening. Like, this was worst-case scenario. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, um, I may have been sounding upset with the Slammiversary show, but about most of it I enjoyed. This show, I barely, like, the parts I enjoyed, they instantly just destroyed. Because literally every pre-show match was pretty decent, but then afterwards it was like, Oh, this is leading to a match on Dynamite. And then halfway through the Shane Taylor match, the last one, they're like, AR Fox is going to face Orange Cassius Wednesday. And everyone in chat just went, oh, look, Shane's going to lose. Great. And I'm like, I'm not enjoying this. That, 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 I'm sorry, what? 
he's going to lose because AR Fox gets to have his 10th title match this year and lose. Thanks, Tony. By the way, that happened tonight. AR Fox lose. Oh, yeah. He just joined the mogul. Yeah, he turned heel after the match and then joined the mogul embassy. Oh, good. Yeah, so. Speaking of, Brian Cage and Gates of Agony are fun as hell as six-man tag champs. They are, so but they fun. should not be in long matches. What, against Ryusuke Taguchi? Uh, God, who was it? Mas- Master Watto and uh, Leon Ruffin. Yeah, well, no, they're they're absolutely, like, that's 6-9 and Leon Ruffin for no reason. Yeah, it was fun, like, but yeah, it should sorry. not have been that long. Like, that's what I talk about the false finishes. Like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Th- this match should not have that. They, this is like the third time that the embassy has struggled with guys half their Literal size. randoms, too. Yeah. Leon Ruffin was Leon Ruff. And the joke with him was they put the title belt on him, the North American title, and he's so skinny, it fell down. And you can work with that. His matches with Priest and Gargano were fun. Like, you can... That can work. The fact that he's not only so nobody that one person in the crowd yelled, I still don't know your name. And then later on, he got a cheeseburger chant. Shows that there's this major problems with those fans, yes. But with building this up as someone, because nobody knew who the hell this was. This match wasn't even announced until, like, Friday's Rampage. The No, sorry. Um, that took place during the same show. During, uh, it might have been Thursday's ROH, but it was definitely Wednesday's uh, Dynamite. Like, that's how much this was. It, it was Thursday, yeah. They literally had the main event hour of this pay-per-view that I spent $40 on was opposite a live, no, sorry, a taped Rampage, which had fun in our voice chat as we added people to the Rick Rude list of people who were on two shows for two different promotions on the same night. <sighs> yeah, no, it, it didn't make sense. And the fact, again, we had three full matches set by two days before the pay-per-view. Then they, because we didn't know who Joe was facing, even though it was pre-taped. And they didn't announce Claudio's opponent until Thursday morning, because it was like 4 a.m. or something. And you would have thought it would have been someone from the other five on the opposite side, like Ibushi or Hangman, maybe. Or even one of the Jacksons, sure. Or Kenny uh, to face him. But no, it was someone on his own damn team. From blood and guts. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? And the fact who's the, the fact that who's the face? Twelve matches, twelve matches, and only three of them we knew forty-eight hours before. Yeah. You're not forty dollars. It should have been five dollars. Well, again, at most. Willow and Athena. We knew that was happening, but Athena again in a match where we knew about that one for literal weeks, almost months, and yet they didn't announce it until like the very end. And I get you can do that, but she beat her in the Owen and then won the Owen. And then, but you're not good enough to win the ROH title. Oh, I don't know. It just Man. there's ways to do it, but it was like, well, that's as high as you're gonna get. Sorry, you're not winning a title here. I don't know. Red, how about you? What was your main event? <laughs> I made it into the Dark Order, and then I I had to pass out. It was a Friday. I had been up since five in the morning, yeah. so. I was not staying up any much longer. So how? Um, what were your thoughts overall? In again, I don't want to go match by match. Forgive. Oh, it, let's just we can go. The quick, whole show was I was it was an ROH fun show. Like yeah, the, it, you could have like lied to me and said that was a normal TV week, and I said like I would have been like, all right, let me start watching the weekly shows. Knowing what the actual weekly shows are, I wouldn't. But this felt like a really good 
show for what I saw. I didn't see the last two matches, but mm. like I enjoyed. I mean, the kickoffs were fun. The actual show was really fun. Like the, I mean, it's, it's Tony Khan booking this, so I'm not surprised. Within 48 hours, we got nine matches announced. But even with those nine matches being somewhat random, they're all produced well. Like that's the one thing about a lot of these uh, Impact, ROH, AEW, like. Even if it's thrown to me together last minute, it always seems to shell seems to shell out and be a great show. Like I'm not saying every show has been great, but I, I there was no complaints for me for this show. So you never saw anything past the main event, though. No, and, and uh, you had said something about how uh, Claudio should have faced somebody from the other side. Well, that's the logic I was thinking. It, and I agree. If like if somebody would have pinned Claudio, I think they would have gotten the title shot. Yeah. I feel like that's that would have been great. Um, but I just don't think they wanted anybody from that side to take a loss because I didn't think it was Claudio's time to lose. Or would you want Hangman being the ROH champion, or uh, Omega being the ROH champion? And I don't see either of the tag. Uh, uh, I don't even know their names. Matt and Nick Jackson uh, splitting up and one being an ROH champion, whereas the other one isn't. Like, it felt like Pack with the way that the story went and Blood and Guts was their only option, and it, it felt fine. Like, I was no not against it. I really wish I would have watched it, but it also didn't scream to me like Pack has a chance of winning. I felt it was Claudio from the get go. I think Claudio brings something to AEW, which brings something to eyes on. ROH, because you see him on AEW, and you're like, all right, let me go see him over here. I don't know if they can put the title on somebody on ROH and get the same draw. Like, it feels like it has to be AEW guy at this point. I do like the idea. Like, I, I did have an outside feeling that Pac could win just to be like, oh my God, he won it. Like, it, I, I could have seen it. Like, that randomness of that in that moment, because it's, forgive me, everybody, it's just the ROH title. Like, that's how I saw that, but... I wasn't there for the show, and I didnn't watch it, but... So hearing what, what you I've said... Heard, <laughs> yeah, but from what I've heard, it really wasn't that great. I The Righteous faced the Dark Order, didn't they? Yep. Wasn't that who faced... Who won that? Uh, Was it the Righteous? Dark Order, the who good guys. Mm, well, I don't, I don't like that. But, well, I mean, I, I like Vincent and Dutch. And I, think that, I think that their group's just... I really like them. Uh, I don't have a problem with Athena. Well, I do kind of have a problem with Athena winning because now Willow, like, what do you do with Willow? Like, she's she's lost for the AEW women's title and she's lost for the ROH women's title twice. Three times. I don't know if she's three times. I think she went for the TBS. Rock, no, four. And, four. Four. Roxanne. Um, oh, well, that's, Mercedes. that's pre. That's, that's pretty TK. Roxanne, Mercedes, and two times to Athena. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and then won and lost the strong title. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so what do you? I, so you give her the O and it's like a as like a kind of like as a I don't know like a participation trophy maybe. That's the wrong. That's the wrong thing to say because I mean Cole and Britt won it and Starks and Willow won it, which is nice, but. They they just don't count as regular things. It's like, for me, it's kind of like Jungle Boy winning the FTW title. It's like a just a yeah. He couldn't win two world know. titles, so he went and won this fake one instead. Exactly. So my question is, what do you do with Willow? You can't really. 
I, I mean, I guess Athena, didn't Athena attack her after the match too? Like they, they held up each other's hands and then like she attacked her afterwards. I think that's what I've seen from Athena's Twitter post I or something like that. I think so. that was, I think that was after the show technically. So uh, after the show, maybe. so if, so if that, if they run with that, then she'll probably end up beating Athena at the next pay-per-view. But the only reason I don't have a problem with Athena not not losing is because she's doing her best work of her career kind of on ROH. Mm-hmm. Her heel character is actually really good, and I think she's found something she can sink her teeth into. But with that being said, they should have put the title on Willow because that was the right move. It was the right time. Right with place. ROH, they just don't do it. Yeah, the right place. They just don't They do not do the right thing half the time. Like um, Briscoe losing to Joe, Eddie not beating Claudio, which I think is probably going to be when Claudio does is that title eventually, but um, Willow not beating Athena. There's just so many. Like, Aussie Open winning the tag titles was a little weird, too. I don't really get all that, but... Coming back after injury, no less. Yeah. Yeah, and just... I just hate the fact that everything is thrown together this last week. It's kind of like... It's like AEW, but worse looking-wise. Like, everything is just thrown together, and we only know, like, two or three matches ahead of time for predictions and that's what and i hate it when tony khan announces matches like literally the day before or the day of like come on and just announce your card so people will buy it you're not going to make me have more incentive to buy this card if you announce matches late you know what i mean i want to know my match card at least a few days early like like with impact impact it was slammiversary they they had all their matches announced i believe I believe before their go home show, or they might have added one more, like the pre-show one for. Yeah, I think there was some late um, stuff, but the majors were all announced. Yeah, yeah, but the majors, yeah, there's already eight on there, and like I was like, all right, I'm, I'll, I'll buy this card. It's it's a decent card. Like, I think they just do. A, they just need somebody else to book ROH. Just let. I Tony Khan's got too much on his plate. He needs to let somebody else book it. I don't know who, but let give up the reins to somebody else. You know what I mean? Well, I think the answer to go into our last thing which I added and people might not have even seen as we close this out because we're coming on that hour and a half again closing this out quickly here but what they need is Dominic Mysterio to main event all their shows because Dirty Dom is the first to main event Raw, NXT and SmackDown in the same week he won the NXT North American title over Wesley Uh, it was like a week build but whatever a week as in one week not it was week because I don't think it was even though I know people do um He's going to the pay-per-view to face uh, Great American Bash, to face Ali and Lee in a rematch. And I watched that crowd go nuts for it. They were like, what? Oh my god, I can't believe it. And like the online reaction was a lot of uh, like negative fan feedback. I think like what culture had one of their thumbnails, like all oh, fans backlash, whatever. It's like, in a lot of cases, the fans were just like, oh my god, he did it. He ended that awesome reign. Damn him. Like that's, <laughs> right? So, Dom is, like, an amazing heel. Could they have put more build into that? Sure. Was that the point? No. <laughs> the point was no build. The point was he upset things. The point was he ruined things. The point was Judgment Day is doing all this stuff. And it's amazing what a year will do for Judgment Day is now where Rhea's, like, one of the top stars, I feel, of the brand and women's champion. You've got Priest, who's that world title. Like, it's he's got a briefcase for now. Finn's facing Seth, and then Dom is doing this incredible stuff. That's the son of Eddie. Uh, it's it's awesome. I love it. And if I'm correct, Jim G, the ratings confirm. Like, 
the Judgment Day is getting ratings everywhere they go, right? Which is wild. Um, NXT's been on a heavy boost the last month and a half, having a few WWE Raw yeah. talents. I forgot Barry there. Corbin's been killing it too. So yeah. Um, they've been above their average of last year's ratings, excluding you know the whole Fourth uh, of July being the same day for almost six weeks. Like their average, they're almost hitting like average ratings of last year. So like they actually are going to follow possibly Raw and SmackDown in an upward swing. That's good. That's good. Which is unheard of. I think it went with the story of what Wesley has basically done of. I'll take anybody and everyone. Yeah. And um, it finally caught up to him. It really did. Cause like, and that's how you it, tell those stories, the by the whole, way. That's how you do that. Where the whole someone point, like you it. said, was there is no setup. Because, I mean, the greatest thing we ever saw with that NH title was when Wesley was like, I'll take anybody. Just meet me in the ring. And then everybody beating the hell out of each oh, other. Oh, so great. To try to get to the ring. So now you have somebody who not only – they were like random, but they asked for the title match. They're like, let me have you next week, and he agreed to it. You don't need a storyline to be built up, and That's it's the judgment line. day. Yeah, they're gonna heal it up. Like they're gonna cheat to win, which is, I mean, that's their motive the right point. now. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the so what's happening right now, and it's been noted, is Nick Khan is trying to get WWE and NXT ratings up. By having main roster on NXT, this by having him go there, win the North American title, defend it on SmackDown, defend it on Raw, gets more eyes on NXT. Because oh wait, this is a thing to those that don't know about NXT. I know Dominic Mysterio. I he's I hate him. I want to see him lose. Who's this guy in NXT? Let's watch NXT. That and it right? gives more eyes to talent that may go to the main roster. More like you're like I saw that guy when I was looking for Dominic. I saw Wesley. I think he was really good. Like I want to see him on the main roster. So when he does debut, it's not like who the hell is this guy? Yeah, and it's not. It's not like guaranteed everybody who does that will happen. But that's the hope. That's the idea behind the promotion and the cross promotion. That you'll you'll carry some over. The realistic aspect of that is if you show it to a hundred people, one of them might follow it. That's still more than none. And when you're talking thousands, okay. So. No, I, I I like it a lot with him getting this, and it's just a, such a cool like antagonistic thing. It's like, oh, you prick, you slimy little smarmy prick, you got that title, <laughs> yo. And and the best part about it is, right now we're in July. I know we do end of the year voting later than end of the year. My heel of the year right now is going towards Dom. Oh, yeah. Because nobody else gets the amount of heat and booze that he does. Watch. And this just adds to it. Watch Impulsive with Seth Rollins talking about Dom. They're pretty much saying he's the best heel in WWE. They say maybe even ever. Where it's like, come on. That, that's hyperbole. But the idea, like, he can't even talk. Like, he lifts up the microphone and the crowd boos him out of the building. Rhea introduces him. Like, they know what they're doing. They're milking it. It's great. You, you just can't have that. Like, you, you, you so can't young, get so that otherwise. Like, he's oh, it's so good. He's so young, he can do this for a career. Mm -hmm. Like, he, all right, so John Cena never goes heel, always been face. You can have Dom do the same thing, always be heel, tease that face turn, but never go full face. And it makes and him boo even fine. more. Yep. The moment they almost give him what they want and then boo him more. Yeah, exactly. 
No, I like that a lot. That that's a lot of fun. What about you, Beer Me? Like it's to to go with the Red Set too with the the build of it even. I saw uh, Wesley wanting the rematch, and Ali's like, that sounds like a you problem. I have the title shot. And that's such a good, like, in-between kind of thing to be like, is. this is your problem. Like, it's it's all been a lot of fun. Yeah, I like it. And it's going to be a killer triple threat. It's, it, yeah, it's a story within a story. And Dom Mysterio is 1 million percent walking out of that pay-per-view with the title. That's besides the point. Top luck alert. I think it's good stuff. It, 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 kind of, yeah. It's, it's definitely <laughs> up there. But uh, it's, it's definitely my top three, four, somewhere in there. Um, but yeah, it's like six matches. Come the, on, dude. <laughs> I know. I, it's in my top half. Oh, okay. I think, I, th- I think it's good stuff. I mean, mommy and Dommy got the titles. Like you said, Dom just has that natural heel heat, and people are gonna want to see him lose the title. It's gonna and people and people watch him like he wa- they watch him and they watch Rhea like everything that they do together is just solid gold. And I'm gonna throw this out. I, I want to put my tinfoil hat on real quick. I have an idea, and I don't know if it's gonna happen. I don't think it will, but bear with me now. So, Damian Priest has a briefcase. Carmelo Hayes and Judgment Day have been going back and forth, right? Let's say Carmelo beats. Dragunov at Great American Bash. Carmelo, Melo and Trick have been kind of like they haven't really been on the same page. What if Trick turns on Melo? Priest cashes in on Melo, wins the NXT World Title. Him and Dom run NXT. Balor wins at SummerSlam. Balor and Rhea. Judgment Day runs Raw and Judgment Day runs NXT. I think that would be kind of cool. I don't think it'll happen. It's just a little idea that I've been thinking about. I kind of want to see it, but I don't want Melo's reign to be too short. But it would be perfect because the cash in, you can always get it back. Yep. But so I, I kind of want to see it. Can I piggyback off of that? Because I had an idea of like that, the same thing. And this will never happen, but ideally is Rollins loses to Finn, but then Priest cashes in on uh, Roman. So you have Ross Smackdown and uh Dom continues the NA. So you have them having titles on all three brands. So every show you'll see Judgment Day, which is one of the hottest things going right now. I mean, you see him already I, anyway. But yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I, I don't need Roman losing to a cash in. I need Roman losing clean to the adrenaline in your soul. Whether it be co- well, that, yeah, I definitely need that. Or to Jay So Like those like two so people that could. I don't want that. I Roman's got to overcome that. Probably at Rumble, hopefully. But I don't know. I, yeah. I mean, if if they somehow pulled it off to where it would work, okay, that would be cool. But I just kind of want them to run Raw because they're the main thing on Raw. The Bloodline's its own thing on SmackDown. And now Judgment Day is kind of infiltrating NXT. And like I said, they've kind of went back and forth with Mello. Like, I don't really know what's going to happen. Maybe Damian Priest does cash in down there because maybe they don't have him do it on Rollins because Balor's going to win the title at SummerSlam and he's going to complete everybody holding gold by SummerSlam. I kind of think that's what might happen. <laughs> I can't predict that, but I, I want that to happen. I'm not saying it'll happen, but I kind of want that to happen. Just see people's heads explode. It's fun to like, think oh about my that God. as a possibility. Yeah. yeah, that's part of the fun. With yeah, because yeah. like, oh my God, more main roster on NXT. I can just hear people. I can see people typing it out and hear people saying it. Yeah, I can just hear people losing their minds, and it would just make me—it would make me just smile. 
it'd be great. Great stuff. We'll, we'll leave it on that high note, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Um, that's an hour and a half. We'll cut it there. It's a bunch of topics. We're not going to go down Great American Bash. By the time you hear this, that will have happened. It looks like a fun card. I'm excited about the majority of it. It looks like some cool stuff. Submission match. Submission match. <laughs> we got we got Gable versus Corbin. We got Dragonov and Hayes. Are you kidding me? And, of course, that triple threat looks super fun. And there's a freaking four versus four on the kickoff. Like, there's a kickoff match. Holy crap. Uh, but, yeah, if, if you are interested in doing matches for things like that, you go over to the Frontline Prediction League. I'll mention that one again. It's Frontline League on Twitter. Frontline Prediction League is the YouTube channel. And Frontline underscore Prediction underscore League over on Instagram. Uh, by the time you hear this, Great American Bash will have happened. But you can read the results of that in our Discord that you follow down from the YouTube channel. And you can also go ahead and put in picks for SummerSlam and put in picks for All Out, maybe All In, and all those fun things there. That'll be a lot of good stuff there. Also, though, is, of course, this podcast. It's Top of the Card Pod on Twitter, Top of the Card Podcast. Wherever your podcast, wherever you're hearing this is where you'll hear the next one. So follow along there, like, favorite, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And, yeah, we'll leave it at that, everybody. Thanks again. Have a good night. Top of the car.